Well, good morning, New Beginnings family. Let's all rise as we begin to worship today. Who's happy to be in the Lord of the house today? Amen. Come on, let's worship him today.
This world knows you by many names and by many things, God. But us, Lord, us, your children, know you as the way maker. We know you as the miracle worker and the promise keeper, a healer and a redeemer and a father. So let us give thanks to you today. In Jesus' name.
Your name is above depression. Your name is above disease. Your name is above anxiety. Even when I don't see it. You're working, never stop, never stop working, never stop, you never stop working, even when I don't see it. Come on, sir, it's your song. And I don't feel it. Never stop, you never stop working, never stop, you never stop. Even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
Because when we sing that out, we know for a fact, Lord, that is who you are. You are the God who makes a way when we don't see a way, God. You are the one who brings revival, the one who brings life into these dry bones, God. And we've seen it again and again and again, God. I know, Lord. And we sing this out, God. And it's so true, even when we don't see it, God, because I know that's been true for me. I There's been times when I don't see it, God, when I'm down in the pits of despair, God, when depression, anxiety's got a hold on me, God, and I can't see it, but I know you are working, God. And this morning, I know there's evidence of that because you are here, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your presence here this morning. It is in your precious and holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Church, why don't we take a moment to greet one another as uh, worship comes to an end this morning. All right, all right. I see you extroverts are still doing your thing. All you who have been caffeinated, good for you, good for you. I'm on your level now. I, I went to Starbucks. We're good, yeah. How are you doing this morning, church? Come on, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it great to be here this morning? Man, wasn't worship amazing? I just, I just love that every single week, yeah. every Sunday, every Wednesday. I love being here, man. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good, bro. My voice is a little, eh, hurts a little bit. I'm kind of deaf in this year. Yeah. I jammed my pinky. A bunch of stuff is going on. But oh, God, man. God's a way maker. Yeah. He's going to heal my hand. <laughs> and it, it, I'm going to I'm gonna be able to hold this mic. Look, no. <laughs> uh, no, but he's, it's, this morning has been great. Yeah. That, that last song, like, uh, did you guys like that last song? That, that uh, was, yeah. that, that went deep into my soul. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Absolutely. Well, hey, church, we got a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started with bringing the word this morning. First up, graduation Sunday is next week. And we are so excited to celebrate with our friends and family who have worked so hard to get their degrees to graduate high school, get their associates, bachelors, masters, whatever it is, their doctorates. If you or someone in your life recently graduated uh, from high school or college, we want to celebrate with you. We want to, as your family in Christ, just kind of put on display and honor your hard work. And so next Sunday, it's graduation Sunday. We'll be honoring and celebrating all of our graduates. And if you want to be a part of that, uh, we need you to register online at NBCABQ.com forward slash events. You can also find that on our Facebook uh, and also on our app, NBCABQ. Or come find me in the mall after service. Come talk to Tressa. Come talk to Chris. We will help you get registered for that. However, the deadline is tomorrow on the 16th. And so try to get that done today if you could. Or tomorrow, look on the website. But we need to get that done as soon as we can. But we are so excited to celebrate. Are we right, Chris? Yes. I felt like the man whenever I graduated. <laughs> uh, so if you're trying to feel like the man or the woman, walk the line one more time. Yeah. Go ahead and register tomorrow. Absolutely. Or today, because the deadline is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so next up, guys, we have um, our young adults brunch. And I'm talking to uh, my, 
I'm just going to say 17-year-olds because, you know, may, some people graduate high school early. That's true. That's fair. Uh, if you're 18 to 25 or, you know, if you graduated or uh, to 25, um, we want to invite you to uh, go ahead and spend some uh, some time with us at a brunch. Yeah. It's going to be uh, Saturday, May 21st at 11 a.m. It's mm-hmm. actually going to be at the Coley's house. Um, and if you guys haven't been to the Coley's, I mean, I said it last service, but like if their hospitality majors like Absolutely. they they you walk in their house and it, it feels like you're in a hebrew home like suddenly you, you got like a bathrobe on and slippers and like how did this happen you know yeah. but you're comfy so it's not weird you yeah. know all of a sudden your so your nails are getting done on the left it's crazy <laughs> no but um they they welcome me in and um i'm just I'm just saying uh, to every single young adult, um, just because it's a house doesn't mean it's going to be uh, less intimate. Actually, it's going to be more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually how Jesus got together with his disciples around the mm-hmm. table. And we want to go ahead and invite you guys to go ahead and do that um, mm-hmm. since we're going to be doing something soon for the young adults as Absolutely. well. And if you have any more questions about that, where do the Cullies live? Do I have to drive to China to go hang out with them? You know, come find me after service. Talk to Chris. Talk to AJ. And we got flyers out in the mall with more information on that and a little QR code where you can get registered in seconds. I have the so. ad- on, on my phone because I always forget where they live. <laughs> All right. And also, uh, church, we want to once again thank you again for being so faithful with your tithes and offerings. You know, uh, would you say last service, not only does it keep the lights on in here, but it keeps the light of Jesus going all throughout Albuquerque. And we are so grateful for all of that. And just as a reminder, we have our tithing boxes in all four corners of the sanctuary here. Also, we have text to give. We have NBCABQ.com forward slash give. And you can also give on our NBCABQ app. Yeah, and um, I like giving through the app. So if there's anybody that needs help with that, mm-hmm. I'll gladly help you. Or David, yeah, you know, he's a youth absolutely. Director, but you know, I like doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, we wanted to kind of. I, I was. I said it last service too, but uh, I wanted to see if I could bring a big old like um, beach ball up here, or like be in here with a floaty or something. I don't know if Pastor would want that, but <laughs> um, I think we uh, are kind of. We're really pushing it this time. You guys have heard it week in and week out. But camp is camp. coming up, and it's going to be June 20th through the 24th. Through the 24th. Yes. 20th through the 24th. And we have to tell you guys now, but the last day to register your kid or God kid, I'm hinting it, all right, is going to be this Wednesday. This Wednesday, it's yes. It's going to be this Wednesday. And mm-hmm. um, it's the last day to sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about... Uh, like, what if I, if you have questions, we're going to be uh, over there right mm-hmm. after service at that table. You guys have seen us right there uh, with the big old um, science thing. What's mm-hmm. that called? The, the, we have a little poster board out poster there board, looking yeah. like a science fair. It looks great. Yeah. And we got plenty of information on that. And even though the deadline to register is this Wednesday, uh, all payments are not due until June 6th. So if you're stressed about that, you're worried about that. Uh, you still have time for that. And again, if you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet and stuff like that, come talk to me. Come talk to Chris. We want to help you through this. If money is an issue, we want to make sure it is not an issue. So again, come find us in the mall. Anyone who's finishing third grade this year all the way through graduated seniors from high school are able to go to camp. And it is a life-changing experience. And we want as many students as possible to be a part of that. Straight up. So other than that, I believe that is all of our announcements, church. So why don't we welcome our senior pastor, Pastor Richard, to the pulpit. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you guys. We do have a youth service that takes place during this time. Uh, Any of you that are in the sixth grade all the way up to the 12th grade, you're welcome to be dismissed and follow David and Chris out. And uh, 
or you could either go out that door there as well into the youth area. But uh, that's a great time for them to study at their level. Hey, I want to remind you that this Friday we have food distribution and we give out about 20,000 pounds of food. And so we need a lot of volunteers to put all the boxes together and everything. We get together at 10.30. We start boxing everything up. And then we start distributing the food at 12 noon. We hope that you could be here to help. And I'm going to camp with the kids, and it's going to be a blast. So uh, be praying for me, because I'm not only going to have your kid, but your kid, your kid, your kid, your kid, your kid, your kid, your kid. And they're a lot of fun, but man. (laughs) Hey, guys, I have uh, been doing this study on healthy boundaries. Uh, It's hard to get healthy boundaries in our life sometimes because everything is moving so fast. saying that us older people have heard before, take time to smell the roses. Some people don't even know what roses are because they've never even discovered them because life is moving so fast. They're going, 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 going. And it's hard and it's overwhelming at times. And sometimes they just feel like, my goodness gracious. So I've been talking about boundaries because when you have some very clear boundaries, you have complete freedom to do what you really need to do to be able to carry out the task that God has for you. A boundary is that space in your life that we create between the load we carry and the limits that we have. And so we set these boundaries, boundaries that, are, are, are to, that give us breathing room. Because we need boundaries to create these reserves for our life to be able to be running uh, uh, and, and, and not getting to empty. But to hold on and to march forward and to be able to, to take the time we need because you've put some margins in your life, some boundaries in your life to have some physical boundaries so you don't wear out and spiritual boundaries so that you're not defeated by the temptation that comes your way because the Bible says that God always gives us a way of escape and it, it helps us to have emotional boundaries for our relationships and financial boundaries so we don't find ourselves in bankruptcy and, and to really be able to have time boundaries to be able to manage your schedule. And you could have all these, but we're always seem to going, going, going. We're rushing every place. And the more you rush, the, the more things get messed up. Being in a hurry all the time hurts us. It hurts us, and it hurts us in a lot of different ways. Being in a hurry increases our stress. Haven't that ever happened to you? You're you're running late, or you're always in a hurry, and you're like, hurry up, hurry up, I gotta get there, I gotta go, I gotta go. This morning, I was running around the house, and and man, I was running late, and next thing you know, I walked out of the house without my glasses. And I'm already driving halfway here, and I go, wow, I don't have my glasses. No wonder everything looks a little weird today. And I get here, and I'm like, Lord, please, I need my glasses. And I wrote my son. I go, hey, are you or mom coming yet? Are you almost here? Because I forgot my glasses. And he brought them, and I was like, whew. But man, don't you have that moment where you're getting ready for work, and you're getting the kids out for school, and you're going in this and that, and you're going in every direction, and your anxiety level goes up. In the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, don't stare at me because I'm dark. He goes, the sun has darkened my skin. 
In other words, he's out in the workforce all the time. My brothers were angry with me and they forced me to care for their vineyards. (laughs) So I couldn't even care for my own, my own vineyard. He's saying, man, life is so overwhelming and everyone's pulling me in every direction that I wasn't even to care for my own stuff. Haven't you ever been there? Where you're pulled in every direction. And, Mika, I need you over here. Mijo, I need you over here. Son, I really need your help. Mom, I need your help. Dad, I need your help. And you're like, oh my goodness gracious. I was talking to somebody that's retired and they said, my gosh, we're retired and we have a, such a full agenda. We're nonstop. We're here, we're there, going to this sporting events, going to that sporting event, going with our grandson, going, going here, going there, going to doctor's appointments, going there. Oh my goodness gracious. That, that pushing yourself. Constantly going. Being in a hurry also decreases our joy. You don't have the joy that you normally have because you're just hurrying through life. You don't even have time to see life. You're hurrying, hurrying, hurrying that you don't get to enjoy any of it. Man, when you're the driver, very seldom do you see the scenery. You just see the road and you're there, I gotta get there and I gotta get there. The one with the shotgun, that riding shotgun, they're looking and going, oh my gosh, did you see that? Did you see that? You go, what? Oh, then look at the deer. Where? Look at that. Oh my gosh, look at the beautiful clouds. And you're like, what? I'm, I'm driving. I don't, you're rushing and you don't enjoy it. In the book of Job, chapter 9, verse 25, it says, my life passes more swiftly than a runner. It flees away without a glimpse of happiness. In other words, he's saying, life is so fast, I don't even have any happiness. I can't even enjoy it. It's overwhelming. Another thing about being in a hurry, it also makes us less productive. Man, when you're going, 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 you just, look, I enjoy cooking. And if you really want to cook something really, really good, it takes a and you cook it nice and slow. And man, it comes out amazing. You can't rush stuff. And when you're rushing, and then you get home from work, and you're cooking, and you're trying to get everything ready, and, and sometimes you forget some spices, and you're like, oh, man. I use a lot of comino when I cook, cumin. And I'm like, man, I forgot to put the cumin in it. Oh, man, I forgot to put the chicken bouillon in it. Chihuahua, it's not going to come out quite as good as it normally does. Because you're just moving, 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 moving. You're like, oh, you can't even be as productive as you want to. In the book of Song, uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, uh, verse 2, rather, 19, verse 2, it says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Isn't that the truth? Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Man, we need to slow down. Man, you you, you can't keep charging without recharging. You can't keep going, 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 charge, let's do it, without getting a recharge. Man, because we're always in that go, go, go stage, but we don't ever have the stop, stop, stop. We don't ever have the slow down. We don't ever have the refill. And it's important that we do that. And being in a hurry dries up our love. It dries up our love. 
because you don't have time for each other. You don't have time to spend time with God. You don't have time to spend time with yourself. It just becomes this dry love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, it says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Because love is that driving force. Because what does the Bible say? God is love. And without that, you have nothing. You see, being in a hurry also keeps us from hearing God. If you are always in a hurry and you don't take some time to just stop and you don't take some time to just rest and you don't take some time to, to be quiet before the Lord, you're not listening to God. You're not even hearing him. You're not spending any time with him. I mean, we've heard the scripture a lot of times in Psalms 100, I mean, uh, 46 verse 10, where he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And everyone take a real deep breath and exhale slowly. Be still and know that I am God. Just that deep breath, if you did it, it calmed you a little bit. You're like, man, I'm just full of anxiety all the time because you don't take time to replenish because stress and worry and hurry aren't good for us. They're beating us up and beating us down. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that, Lord, we could really grab a hold of some tools to really learn how to slow our pace down. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. You see, we can slow our pace down by, first of all, learning to be content. By learning to be content. Some people work endless hours. They have one job, but they put in 50, 60, 80 hours a week. Others have two or three jobs. And a lot of times, you have all those jobs because you're never content with what you have. You always want more and more and more and more. You're never satisfied with what you take in. You're always just wanting more and more and more and more. And it's like, man, you, you, you need to slow down. You need to learn how to be content. And you can learn to be content. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, not that I ever was ever in need. Paul is saying, I wasn't ever in need. He goes, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. And he, and he goes on to say, he goes, whether a full stomach or an empty stomach, whether I have a lot or have a little, I'm content. I know how to be satisfied. A lot of people aren't satisfied anymore. They're not content. Now, I'm not saying you can't have motivation. We need to be motivated, and it's good to have motivation, but you better have motivation for the right reason. Are you being motivated because of love, or are you being motivated because of revenge? I'll show you. I'll show them. I'm going to work myself to the bone to prove to them. Prove to them what? That you die early? Slow down. Or maybe it's competition. Keeping up with the Joneses. Or in our case, keeping up with the Rodriguez's. We're all Chicanos. <laughs> you know? But all kidding aside, man, we want to look. Social media has messed people up now. They look and they go, ooh, look. So you might see a fancy Ferrari. So I go, ooh, I'm going to take a picture. And people think, oh, dude, you're driving a Ferrari? Hey, did you see Joe has a Ferrari? Susie has a Ferrari. Well, they didn't. They just saw one park there and they took a picture. <laughs> I used to remember people would go, can I take a picture by your motorcycle? Well, man, I got an awesome bike. 
I know you could even sit on that. Really? I go, well, just make sure you don't tip it over. But, you know, and they'd sit on it and they'd take pictures. And, and, and then I started thinking, well, I'd start charging $5 a picture. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. But I'm there. they couldn't believe I'd let them sit on my bike. And they'd sit on my bike and take pictures. And, and they felt like, and they'd post them. And people, oh, you got a bike now? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I got my bike. No, you don't. You're trying to project something you don't even have and you're driving yourself deeper and deeper and deeper because you know what? You're, comp- you're competitive. Or maybe you're trying to approve, get approval from somebody. And you're constantly work, 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 work because, because you, you, you don't have their approval and you feel like if I do this, <coughs> then maybe I can get their approval. What are your motivations for being motivated? Be content. He, they went they went on vacation to, to Canada. Oh, they went on vacation to Europe. Oh, they went on vacation to Algodones. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up the street. <laughs> See, it isn't what you do that makes you. It's who you are. You're a child of the king. You're a son and a daughter of God. You've been made for his purpose. You've been created as his masterpiece to carry out the works he planned for you long ago. But see, some of us are, are, we don't know that. So we get wrapped up into our title. I'm a pastor. Yes, I'm a doctor. I'm a chiropractor. I'm a nurse. I'm the shop foreman. I'm a construction worker. I'm a roofer, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and we live by these titles instead of saying, I'm a child of the king who happens to be a doctor. I'm a child of the king who happens to be a roofer. I'm a child of the king. And so we're constantly competing against ourselves. Quit comparing your life. Quit comparing to somebody else. Quit trying to be, uh, just quit being envious. Quit being jealous. Oh, they have it? Well, praise the Lord, they have it. You know, if you got it, praise the Lord, you got it. But don't flaunt it like, oh, look at me now. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter four, verse six, it says, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. What he's saying, in other words, is you want some more, you want more, you want two handfuls, I want two handfuls, and I'm going, 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 and I'm chasing the wind, and I'm exhausted, and I can't even enjoy what I have. Or you could have one handful, just enjoy life, and enjoy the life, and enjoy what you got, and man, this is awesome. It's like, man, we've got to learn how to slow down. We've got to learn how to be content. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 30, 30, it says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is the cancer, a cancer to the bone. Man, we've got to make sure that we learn how to be content. Second thing we need to learn is, is, is we, have, we slow down our pace by learning to say no. We need to learn to say no. Look, some of you... Look, it's okay to have a to-do list. All of us ought to have some goals and be motivated and have a to-do list. But you also ought to have a not-to-do list. These are the things I'm not going to do. Don't let me say yes to them. 
Don't let me get tied up into one more assignment. I'm already maxed out. Don't let me say yes. And man, there's people that'll try to persuade you, manipulate you, try to twist your arm, try to guilt you into it. You need to just say, I can't, I'm sorry. Some of you are that yes person. I'm that yes person in our family. I'm the one that yes, 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 yes. Some of you might have bought, you remember the Cutco knives? Yeah, I said yes, we bought them. Cindy's like, Richard, you don't have to say yes to everything. Rainbow vacuum cleaner? I got it. It's like, man, Cindy going to go, quit making these appointments. And don't say yes. You're not going to say anything. You're not going to say yes, okay? I want you to say no, okay? No. What? Well, you just told me not to say, you told me to say no. Well, I mean, say yes to me, but no to them. You got it? Yes. And remember, say no, okay. And man, it's like, Cindy was my balance. Otherwise, we had everything. Man, it's like, slow down. And it's, I, I, I would feel guilty saying, hey, pastor, we need you over here, man. Please, can you come over here? Uh, okay. Cindy's like, babe, we had a date. Oh, you understand. I'll, 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 I'll make it up to you. What's wrong with that? There's something wrong with this man. I've learned. I've learned to say no. And then if I say no, who does he think he thinks he's all bad? He said no now. He won't even come. Like, geez, man. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they go, I just want one minute of your time. I go, if that's really true, I'll give it to you. But very honestly, you need to understand. I, I like walk around the mall. I, I love saying hi to people. And I try to say that hi to as many people as I can. And some people get like, golly, I'd like to sit and talk with you. Well, then make an appointment. Because do you understand that if I gave every single person on Sunday, first and second service, if I gave every single person just one minute, it would take me nine hours to say hi to everybody. Nine hours. Now think about that. There's only one of me to go around. And we don't understand that. And we don't say no. And we, then we feel like, oh my gosh. And you need to learn. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25. Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. So he's saying, quit making these Oh, God, if you get me out of this mess, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you all the days of my life. I'll go to church every day. There was a movie years ago. It's called The End. And it was with Burt uh, Reynolds. Is that name? Yeah, Burt Reynolds. And he was suicidal. And, 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 find, and then all of a sudden, he finds himself in the ocean and now he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. God, please, God, if you get me out of this, I'll go to church every day, God. I'll go to church every day. And he's swimming towards the shore, and it's still a long ways off. He goes, God, please, God, please. And he's getting closer. God, and he's like, wow, I'm a little closer. God, if you get me out of this, I'll, I'll go to church every, every single month. I'll, I'll, I'll go every week, first of all. Then, then I'll go every month. And as it gets closer, I'll go once a year, God. 
And then finally he walks out of the, onto the sand and he goes, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I made all these promises. I didn't really mean them. I wasn't counting the cost. I was just bargaining. Haven't you ever bargained with God? You get me out of this one, God, I'll do this. I'll serve you all the days of my life. You haven't even, you're, some of you aren't even here to hear it because you're not here. Are you with me? We make these promises that we don't carry out. God says you make a vow to God, you better keep it. Man, it's, please hear this. It's easier to get into something than to get out of something. Now hear me. It's easier to get in. So even if you can't do it right away, you could get in later. But if you jump in right away and then, oh, how am I going to get out of this? Have any of you ever dated someone you never should have? Oh, man, how did I get into this mess? Now, how do I get out of this mess? She's a psychopath. Oh, my gosh, she's stalking me. Oh, he's hounding me, following me every place I go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you never should have got in. You should have got to know him first. And then you would have said, I don't want anything to do with this psychopath. Or you could have said, wow, I wish I'd have got into this relationship sooner, but at least I could get in now because it's easier to get in than to get out. Some of us have so many irons in the fire, we put the fire out. Man, we need to learn how to slow down. And you know what? God gives us his power to do that. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, he says, and the grace of God, for the grace of God, hear me, for the grace of God has revealed has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And then he says, and we are instructed to turn from wickedness and living sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. So he's saying, I I know you're in this world, but you're not of it. So I want you to have the strength to say no. I want you to have the strength to say no. I want you to have the strength to say no to sin. Oh, I caved, I just gave in. I No, say no. I don't have to do that. I don't have to get involved in that. Stay firm. Stay away from it. Say, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I can't take away from my husband or my wife, my son or my daughter, my responsibilities. Man, you've got to really look at your life and, and, and say no to some things. Then the third thing, if we're going to start slowing down our pace, we need to do this by learning a weekly, by, by learning to take a weekly Sabbath day of rest. To take a Sabbath day of rest. Now, let me tell you why I didn't say a day off. And I called it a Sabbath day of rest because the Bible calls it a Sabbath day of rest. We call it a day off. But let me tell you something. A lot of us, on our day off, what do we do? Work, 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 work. It's like God is saying, no, cool it, chill out. The Ten Commandments were given for us to enjoy our life, not for God. God gave them to us so that we could have some boundaries to be able to really enjoy life. In in, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9 and 10, he says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you. 
your wife, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, and your foreign and, and any foreigners living among you. So he's even saying the animals get the rest. Hey, donkey, you've done a good job all week <laughs> plowing the field. Take a rest. And then he says to us, hey, donkey, oh, <laughs> rest. Man, I, I, I'm really guilty of this one. I'm, I'm really learning to say, I'm sorry, that's, that, I, I used to be embarrassed to say, oh, that's my day off. Because I was afraid people thought I was, I was a slacker. Ooh, he takes a day off. Ooh, he doesn't even work today. Oh my gosh, it's a Monday. I want to meet with you. Why aren't you, you, don't you, the devil works on Monday. Well, if you want me to work on Monday, I'm going to act like the devil do. <laughs> like, in other words, we need a day of Sabbath. We need a day of rest. Man, look, let me speak to you self-employed people right now. All of you managers that are on salary and you're not hourly. All of you in leadership and it's really easy to get into a 50, 60, 80 hour week because you go, 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 go. Uh, but I gotta do this, I gotta do this. I gotta say no. Rest your body, mind, and soul. You gotta rest your body to get some energy and strength. You gotta get rest your mind, your emotions, your psyche, clear your head to just chill so your relationships stay strong. And you need to, Refocus your soul. You need to refocus your soul. Look, fishing is a lot of fun, but fishing doesn't refocus your soul. The word of God refocuses your soul. The presence of God refocuses your soul. It's important that you come to church. It's important that you come into his presence. It's important that you come into corporate worship. It's important that you spend time in the word of God. It's important that you worship God on your own, even in your household. It's important that you worship because worship and God's spirit and God's word will give you what nothing else can give you. It replenishes and refocuses the soul. It says that God rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Only he can revive you. In the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and I will, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest, the rest you need. We need to take a Sabbath day. We need to take some time off. We need to be able to, to balance out our life. In Psalms 127, verse two, he says right there, it is useless for you to work hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. So you're going, 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 because you need more, 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 because you're not content, and you're going, 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 and you don't take a Sabbath day, and, you do, and, and it's gonna kill you. He's saying, slow it down. And then bring you to the third, the fourth thing that we need to do. If we're going to slow down our pace, we do this by learning to trust God in his perfect timing. We have to trust in God's perfect timing. Don't you understand that God is never late? He's not early. God's always on time. God's got it together. 
God's got it under control. God is sovereign. That means he is in control. He has it together. Have you ever tried to help God out? Hey, God, you know, I noticed you've been taking a long time and, you know, my wife is really a jerk and my husband really needs some help. My kids are out of control. I think you ought to do this or that or that or that. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed like that? Like, God, you know what? The work situation's not really good and I think I better go tell my boss off because you're taking too long to, to get to him. How does that work out for you? Oh, you're unemployed? Okay. <laughs> Remember Abraham? Abraham and Sarah? God said, you are gonna have as many children as the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea. And they waited, 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 waited. And Abraham's going, Sarah, why can't you get pregnant? You know, let's try again, let's try again, let's try again. And finally he says, I'm just barren. I, I can't have kids. So we better help God out. Pobrecito, God's so overwhelmed. He's so busy. Look, Abraham, I, I, I was thinking, Sarah comes to him and says, I was thinking because God hasn't delivered yet. And I, I figure here's my maid. So I'm gonna give you Hagar. And why don't you sleep with her and have sex with her? And, and she'll be the surrogate mother. We'll have a, you'll have a kid together, but that'll be our kid. So like every good, obedient husband, Abraham goes, okay, tonto Abraham. Wives aren't always right. Ladies, you're not always right, and men, we're not always right. Wives aren't always right, and we're always dumb. Okay. So there he goes and shacks up with Hagar and she gets pregnant and they have a son named Ishmael. And now he's all excited like, wow, maybe this is the beginning of my kid. And God goes, I didn't say to do that. I don't care what Sarah told you, she was wrong. So the next thing you know, Sarah's all jealous. Oh, now he's all happy with Hagar and he forgets about me. So she ran him off, get out of here. And that's Ishmael. And to this day, they're still at war because of that. Did you know that? The Muslims follow the God of Abraham and Ishmael. Christians follow the God of Abraham, the Isaac who they ended up having, and Jacob. And to this day, there's a division over the fact that someone got impatient and decided to help God out. Do you know what impatience is? It's a sign of lack of trust. I don't trust you enough, so I have to help out. I don't trust you enough. So when you see real impatient people that they go, hey, I have this great idea and they don't think it's happening fast enough and they just take over, it's because they don't trust the people that are part of their committee or part of their team or part of their group that they have to take matters in their own hands. And Abraham took matters in his own hands. And finally God says, okay, Abraham, now that you're out of the way, I'm gonna do a work. And Sarah was 90 years old. Abraham was much older. And the Bible says Abraham was as good as dead as that. It's not like he had a headache. A dude barely had a heartbeat. (laughs) If you're gonna have a kid, you gotta at least, uh, you know, uh, Abraham, you gotta participate. And it says that Sarah was beyond the age to conceive. 
Can you imagine she was 90 years old? I don't know if we have a 90-year-old lady in here, but can you imagine if she walked in the church and she's pregnant? I don't know about you. I'd say, orale. Abraham, orale, Abraham. Way to go, Abraham. You got it, baby. You're as good as dead, but I don't know how you did it, but wow. Why? Because it was a miracle. They, it was finally God's time. Quit trying to help God out. God isn't so late. He's always on time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, yet God has made everything beautiful for his own time. His own time. For its own time. God has made everything for its own time. He's got it right and perfect. And he has planted eternity in the heart, in the human heart. So every man and woman has been planted eternity in your heart. And it says, and even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. See, we don't see the full picture. Some of you have been married a long, long time. Man, there's no way God would reveal everything to you that you were going to experience all at one time. When you say, oh, I take you in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. You don't even have a clue what that means. 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, 40, 50 years later, you're going, man, babe, we made it. We made it. Thank God God didn't show us everything at once. We would have run. (laughs) See, God has it under control. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, this vision is for a future time. See, God has a plan for you. And it describes, it says, and it, it describes the end. And it will be fulfilled. And it seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Second Corinthians 1.9 says, in fact, We expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who even raises the dead. It's like, man, what do we have to fear? God's got it all together. And it brings to the last thing I want to say. If we're really going to learn to slow our pace down, we do this by learning to use love as our guide. Use love as your guide. God is love. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you what you're supposed to do. Love will guide you. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, living a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. So he says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us and pleasing, a pleasing aroma. You see, God showed us his love. And we need to be living by love as our guide. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, it says, and do everything with love. Remember when they said, Lord, which is the greatest of the commandments? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Love, he's saying love is a driving force. When you have to make a decision, you go, God, I need to make a decision. What am I going to do? 
You need to ask yourself, what is the loving thing to do here? What is the loving thing to do? Because love is going to be your guide. Love is going to be that filter in your life. Love is going to be that thing that propels you in the right way, in the right direction. So you really need to take a real interlook, a good look into yourself and say, God, I really need to follow you and not my own lusts and my own desires. I don't need to lust after position, power, or things. I need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And man, some of us are so out of control. It's like out of control. We don't have it together. Like, what's wrong with us? We're never content. We're not content with anything at all. And we don't know how to say no. We don't take any kind of a Sabbath day off. We, we don't believe in God's timing because we're always rushing, rushing, rushing. And we don't do things in love. When that happens, you end up bulldozing over people and you run over people and you leave a lot of wounded people, sometimes even dead bodies relationships that can never heal again. So man, I pray that God really speak deep into your heart today. That God minister into your life. And that you really take a look and say, man, I'm guilty of some of these. God, I need to learn to chill. I need to learn to take time. I was in Gallop this Friday for a seminar I was leading. And then I came back yesterday just in time to get here for a funeral. After the funeral, I called my wife and I go, hey, Cindy, I'm back in town. And I'm out of the funeral now. And I go, would you like to go out with me? I'd like to take you out on a date. She went, andale. And we went out and hung out got to spend some time together and wanted to take her to a real nice restaurant and we got there and they go, do you have a reservation? I go, no. They go, it's a two-hour wait. I go, oh, I have a reservation. They go, you do? I go, yeah, let me see your list. I'll tell you which one is me. (laughs) And the lady goes, I can't do that. I go, you can't, but I can. (laughs) And she laughed and I go, no, we're not staying. But we ended up going to a nice place and had a great time. And I said, man, Cindy, I miss you. We haven't sat and visited like this in a long time. Just relaxed and chill. Because it's always going, 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 going. We're looking at each other's calendar. What are you doing here? 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 It's like ridiculous. And I know your lives are just as crazy. We need to take that time. That time to spend with God that time to spend with each other, that time to just say, I'm going to be content with what I have and I'm going to be happy with what I don't have. And I'm going to have motivations, but they're going to be motivated by the right thing and not the wrong thing. I'm not trying to keep up with anybody, compete with anybody. I'm doing it because I just want to get real with you, God, and be with my family. I really pray that God is ministering to you Some of you are saying, well, I don't even know God. I don't even have a relationship with him. And I know I try every single Sunday to make that available to you. But man, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never invited him in, 
to be your savior. You could do that today. And if you would really like to give your life to Jesus and surrender your life and invite him into your life today, and you've never done that, raise your hand and say, you know what, that's me, pastor. I've never done that before. Anyone here today? Anyone here today that says, I really want to make that commitment and surrender to the Lord? I really pray that you have an opportunity if you've never done that. Do it again. But I think every one of us needs to really look at ourselves and say, where do I stand in regard to this? Because some of us are so out of balance. We're running really behind. And we're going to end up losing the people that we love. Because you never show them how important they are to you. What's the old saying? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, that we might completely surrender to him. So would you stand with us as we just empty ourselves before God? And if you want to pray and you want to say, God, I I need to take this time out. I need to take this time out to, to come up here and say, God, I really need to refocus my life. I need to realign it. I need to get my life back. I encourage you to come up and do that. Maybe with your husband or your wife, maybe with your children, maybe with your parents. Maybe with somebody that you're just doing life with and you, your friendship has been strained because you haven't even had any time to just enjoy your friendship. But take time as we sing this song and then we're going to close in prayer. But just reach out to the Lord and say, thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Sing it out with us, you would you? You are here. Moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you. You are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you. You are here, moving in our worship you I worship you you are here working in this place I worship you I worship you we make miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God, that is who you are. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship. You are here, 
Father God, I pray, Lord, that you minister to every family, every individual in this sanctuary and those online. Lord, might we truly know that we have had a conversation with you. And you're showing us the things that we are to keep in our life and the things that we are to shed. Oh, Father God, might we just get closer and closer so that we might be an example to others of how to have a balanced life in your goodness. Father God, thank you for what you do and thank you for what you've done. We pray blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you, church. Know you're loved. Stop by to sign up for the graduation or also for camp. And don't forget, Friday, we'll see you here for the food distribution.